sunny afternoons. Rock. Yeah, you're sitting inside right now. <laughs> I am. Uh, might become a more frequent thing as we go through the summer, I guess. Because this is nice. We got the mic. We'll have some ambient noise in the background from all the leaves rustling around my backyard. It's perfect. I might have to get outside for a couple of these. It's too nice to be inside right now. <laughs> What's going on on a Wednesday? Hopefully everybody else is enjoying their Wednesday afternoon as much as Wade is. If you're not, at least you have something to look forward to on Thursday. CFL football coming back around oh. week three. We're starting it off with a bang, too. Oh, are we ever? Um, For those that don't know, the juggernaut is facing against the young... Up and, oh, are they young now that Nathan North's not the quarterback? Do we even say that? They're playing against the BC Lions. Uh, Connor has already penciled it into our rundown. Western final preview. I'm like pretty certain anyways. Set it on set it on Tuesday or Wednesday, I guess. No, Tuesday. Set it on Tuesday. I, I'm like pretty certain these are going to be the, the teams in the Western final. Maybe a Saskatchewan sneaks in there, but... I'm excited for this one. VA versus Zach Caleros. It's going to be a quarterback battle. Zach Caleros is going to have to battle the VC secondary, though he already beat them, what, twice? Twice last year, so. I I think with, with Caleros, though, in this game, no Kenny, this might be the first game that no Kenny Lawler is actually a huge factor for them because that boundary side, we've talked about it every game, it seems. Peters and Lee. I I stayed away from bomber receivers this week just because I'm not sure what their secondary. Like, this is the real eye test for the BC lines. Yes, they've been able to stick it. And yes, they have played some really good receiving cores in Calgary and Edmonton. But this is the first time that they're playing the dude at quarterback. Yeah, you're right. This is kind of like their first big test of the season, right? Like, no disrespect to Edmonton or Calgary, but I mean, it's Zach Caleros. It's a team that has two Grey Cups in the last three years, three appearances. It's the back-to-back MOP. It's Zach Caleros. It's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Like, this is your this is your first kind of big test of the season. I'm excited to see how it goes for BC. But I'm excited to see how it goes for BC because I think they do have the tools to pull it off if they're firing on all cylinders. And I think that's kind of what it's going to have to come down to capitalize on some mistakes. If you get those chances, because it's not often that Winnipeg makes them. No. And I think uh, <clears throat> one of the bigger issues this week, VA was pretty content to check it down, take what he's given. Um, and that stalled a lot of drives. And while that was the patience that everyone has wanted to see from Vernon Adams, when you're playing the Winnipeg blue bombers, Connor, you can't afford to kick five field goals. No, and because... your offense also like I I saw I think it was uh, Dave Campbell I sent that to you about the Edmonton starting position for their all of their offensive drives. Yeah, it was their own thirty seven, own thirty six, own fifty, own forty, own forty. Uh, they only started inside their twenty once. The rest of it was forty or plus, and then there was like one thirty. And uh, a 36-37. So, majority of the time, they were starting on their own 40. If you're giving Zach Claris that short of a field, look out. It'll be a tough day for you. It'll be a long day for you. 
but it'll be a tough day for you. It'll be a long day for you, certainly. And you don't want to give the Bombers a short field, even with the defense of the of the BC Lions. But another thing I want to talk about in this one too. Um, another thing I want to talk about in this one too is like we saw it last week with Saskatchewan, where they hung in, they hung in, they hung in. All of a sudden, kind of towards the start of the fourth quarter, Winnipeg just started to take off. Like, will BC have the stamina to last four quarters in this game? I I think they will. I think one of the bigger issues... I think so, too, but it's it's something to look for, certainly. One of the bigger issues, I think, is that uh, Dom Rimes is out. Absolutely. Confirmed out for the BC Lions. I mean, he... As good as Justin McInnes has been at getting the ball downfield, Dom Rimes has been there. We need a play guy. And when you're going against Winnipeg, you need all the plays you can make. All right, let's move on to the Montreal Alouettes, who I'm pretty sure are unveiling an all-red uniform. Connor, did you see that? I sent it to you on Twitter like right before we started recording here. Yeah, I, I did see that. You sent me like right before he jumped on. I looked at it briefly. To me, at first glance, it kind of looks like the, like, just for frame of reference, like, it looks like the all-red Patriots uniforms, and it's a good look. Like, I like it with the navy shoulder stripes, the navy pants stripes, the all-red jerseys, all-red pants, with the with the navy helmet. I think it's going to look, I think it's going to look really good. The only thing that I think might make it even that much better, and it's just hard to do, um, it's just hard to, hard to get it that soon, but, like, the white helmet with like the triangle owls logo would have been a cool touch. Yeah, it would have, it would have been cool uh, to see that, but no, I like it. It's right in line with uh, St. John as well. The nice Quebec holiday. So uh, glad to see the owls are completing the color wheel, white, blue, and now red. Um, Connor, in terms of on the field play, no Bo Levi Mitchell for Hamilton. No. So we're getting Schultz versus Fajardo in this. We're getting Schultz versus Fajardo in this one. Cody Fajardo. Dun, dun, dun. For me in this one, don't be quick to count out Hamilton with Matt Schultz under center in this one. Like he, he He's proven he's comfortable in this offense. They wouldn't have signed him to be the backup, to be the number two if they weren't comfortable with him and they're going to need him in situations like this. Uh, I like yeah, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm just saying don't count the Hamilton Tiger Cats out with a quarterback that is comfortable running the offense. However, their defense for me can't keep doing what they're doing. 813 yards allowed through two games. Yeah, no, the uh, I see that stat, though, and I'm like, well, they played against the Blue Bombers. That kind of counts for a lot. And then they played the Argos, and while they do have a new quarterback. They still have a ton of weapons. So can we really take that 800 yards while they're playing a thousand snaps and say the absolute identity of team is they give up a ton of yardage. I don't think that's necessarily case, but they played two weeks in a row now where the opponent comes off a bye. I'm taking the Alouettes when we get to our picks later. Um, but I'll expand on it a bit more now. Fajardo in a system he already knows with a week to get healthier, a week to get everyone rested, and Hamilton's coming off of a battle against Winnipeg, a battle against Toronto, 
They now have their quarterback down. It's a short week for them. They have to open up their home field. Uh, I don't know. Is home field really worth that much in terms of gambling and betting lines, Connor? I don't know in terms of gambling and, and betting lines, but I certainly think home field has its advantages, especially in a city like Hamilton that has already pretty much sold the game out. You know that crowd's going to be loud. You know it's going to be a, a really great Obnoxious. environment. Yeah, like it's going to be an awesome environment for an open night for for the Hamilton fans. But yeah, let's not forget, this is a Montreal team that got to the Eastern Final last year. Yeah, it's a relatively new offensive system with Cody Fajardo and, and Maz at, at the helm, but they're pretty comfortable with each other. And William Stanback is still shown to be able to do his thing. 16 carries for 88 yards last week. And the defense is, you know, back for the most part. And it's a damn good defense at that. Yeah, I see this game is a whole lot of William Stanback. <laughs> Unfortunately for the Ticats D-line, they've done a good job holding their own in the box. But, Connor, when you're playing that many snaps and it's just downhill physical back after downhill physical back, and you get a third week of downhill physical running backs, your body's just starting to wear. Um, they need their offense to bail them out and take some snaps off of their body um, in order to have any hope of winning this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm entirely with you. Um, let's move on, though. Let's head back to the West Saskatchewan. At Calgary for this one, Trevor Harris, Jake Mayer, two guys coming off pretty good games. Trevor Harris going for 400 in his last game. Jake Mayer going for three. I think it was like 332 was the official 300 yards or so on the on the site. But coming off good games as quarterbacks in this one. I know Saskatchewan took the loss. Calgary had kind of a bounce back win. Offense is a whole bounce back. But uh, this is going to be a good one as well. Yeah, to me with this one, Connor, um, I'm really looking at the receiving core for Calgary. Bagleton, Malik Henry, finally started to get it going. I mean, finally, it was two weeks. But they got it going last week. And <clears throat> that was against the Ottawa defense that's really skilled and talented. When we look at Saskatchewan, everyone thought that Winnipeg just shelled them. And the week before it was, wow, Saskatchewan's defense is fantastic. To me, I'm expecting Calgary to come out and say, Winnipeg did that with no Kenny Lawler. Here's what we got. Here is what the plan is. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be downfield. It's going to be underneath, lull you to sleep until one of their amazing talents just blows the defense apart for a touchdown. Well, yeah, you were talking about, you know, offenses and, and receiving cores finding their footing in Calgary, but how about in Saskatchewan where Baines goes for one, Baines goes for over 100, Jones goes for over 100, Samuel Amelis goes for 78 and three touchdowns. Like this is an offensive unit that's also got firepower, that's also got firepower at the wide receiver position. And uh, I think really it's going to come down to secondary play, and I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into a shootout and it's kind of like last touchdown wins. No, I'm I, I'm with you on that. I think that we're going to have a lot of close games this week, just the nature of who's playing who. Um, maybe one with another blowout for the Argos, but I don't know. We'll get there in a bit. All right, last game of the week, Toronto at Edmonton. There's six. I know we're going to get to the, the lines in a little bit, but like 
This is a pretty big one as a road team. Toronto is a road favorite at basically a touchdown. Six and a half point road favorite for Toronto. Okay, we're getting to our picks as soon as we break down this game. Connor, your question for me in this rundown. How long is Cornelius going to stay in the game if he's struggling badly again? You want to know how many quarters? Six. He has six quarters of bad football left. Here's why. If he struggles, again, this game, Chris Jones will not trade him. Chris Jones will not bench him. Chris Jones will fire the offensive coordinator. And then at halftime of the following game, if Cornelius is still playing poorly, then he will make a decision. But Connor, this is a game where it is the corn man or bust. And it's actually, to me, all on Chris Jones's defense, confusing and disrupting a young, inexperienced quarterback. That's what this game is going to come down to. Of course, Cornelius has to put up points. But I think it starts with Chris Jones's defense. They'll get a couple turnovers, maybe. Put the ball in good field position. Not like they didn't last week. Um, as we already talked about with Edmonton's starting drive positions. They're gonna make they're gonna make it work. I don't know if they're gonna win, but I don't think they're gonna throw for what, eighty yards again, ninety eight yards, ninety six? No, I, I man, you like no, I would I would not expect him to throw for under a hundred in this game. I think you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Edmonton's offense come out a little pissed off. I mean, they've been taking a lot of heat in, in not they've been taking a lot of heat this week from like all sides of the country, all, all sources of media, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a bounce back game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kevin Brown have a pretty decent game. Taylor Cornelius hopefully picks it up. But I'm with you. I think I think he has at least this game left. And if he st- if he struggles this game, if he struggles into the first half of the next game, then maybe they start kind of thinking, okay, are we going to go to Kyle Oxley? Are we going to go to Trey Ford? What's the move here? But uh, it's a three game rule, right? Like I think he gets three games this season to to try to kind of hey, get hey, something hey, going. Don't, it's don't early football, man. Don't I know I'm not working it, rule. but like the three game rule is reserved for people that don't play before. Taylor Cornelius has played for two seasons. Yeah. He started playing in Ottawa on a Tuesday night during the 2021 football season. He played a bunch last year, and he's played two games already this year. No, um, <clears throat> I'm with you. Can we talk about Kyle Oxley for a second? Because we had some people that, and there has been some pointers like, well, Kai is actually the second quarterback on their depth chart. Why? We saw him. We saw Trey Ford. We saw Taylor Cornelius last year. In order of who looked the most competent, it went Cornelius, Ford, Loxley. Kyle Loxley is a fantastic gadget piece. He's a fantastic short yardage. Well, I can't say fantastic short yardage because they lost their first game on a goal line stand. Um, He's a good short yardage quarterback. And hell, he's a good ass receiver. Yeah, I think that's the thing to me about about Kyle Oxley and about starting Kyle Oxley at quarterback. When you start Kyle Oxley at quarterback position, you lose everything else that he brings. You 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 don't lose his ability to run, but you use you lose his kind of versatility a little bit because 
now you can't get him in space to make these plays unless it's a designed quarterback run. And I mean, with Trey Ford, he's grown like with Trey Ford. I, I think you're right. Like what we saw from him last year was a young guy that kind of was able to pick the offense up early, deliver a win in Hamilton. When it does come time to pivot off Cornelius, I think the pivot is to Trey Ford. I, I think it has to be. I see. We talked about this when when they told Trey go and do Buffalo's pro day this year after already drafting him and already having him go to mini camps. We talked about something might not be right with Trey Ford and the Edmonton Elks. We saw on the Antler Up uh, videos last year about the the grilling of Trey Ford by Chris Jones. We then saw him turn around and draft him. They played him. He got hurt. And we never we haven't heard from him again. Something has got to be up with this front office, the coaching staff, and the Waterloo Warriors alumni. Because Connor, something's not adding up. He's got to be traded or something if he doesn't see the field here by by the middle of the season. Yeah, I don't know. That, that one's tough for me to get there at this point. I think... Like, I'm all the way there. I don't I'm know. Ready there, to go. Well, there's a possibility still that, that Taylor Cornelius and the Elks do kind of get in rhythm and figure it out and start playing competitive football because like they were competitive in the first game. Again, you're right. They lost it on kind of a, a good goal line stand or bad goal line stand, however you want to look at it, but... What if what if Taylor Cornelius comes out in this game, plays a great game, engineers good football? Maybe they don't win, but maybe they roll it into next week, and maybe you know by week seven, week eight, they pick up one or two wins. Like, what if that happens with Taylor Cornelius? Like, he he plays his butt off, and then you know Trey Ford doesn't get the opportunity to start. I I, I think if it gets to a point in the season where the Elks are down bad. They do need to make a change at quarterback and it doesn't go to Trey Ford right away. Then I'll become a little bit more skeptical and I'll, I'll start going kind of like what's going on. Yeah. I, I don't know. In terms of the Argos, can Swag Kelly top his career high for rushing touchdowns in a game? Stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have too, too many notes for Toronto. I'm excited to see the progression from game one to game two for Chad Kelly and the Toronto offense. DeMonte Coxie looks like he's going to be a really, really fun receiver to watch this year. And that defense, again, Giddens we're going to stay man. Get Curly more involved. That's my note. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get the, uh, the Eastern nominee for most outstanding Canadian some more touches if I can if I can be selfish as if I can be OUA biased there for for Always. a second but no but we we see what happens when the ball when the ball is in his hands he's a damn good wide receiver so again I think it's just kind of new quarterback finding his rhythm finding his guys but I think everybody knows what Curly Gittens Jr. is we're just waiting to see him go off this year at least uh okay before we get to our fantasy picks and our betting lines head over to fox40shop.com enter the code cfp15 do yourself a favor and get 15 percent off the worldwide leader in whistle tech they have coaching boards they have whistles they have merchandise they have nautical safety equipment it's all 
top of the line and you can get a 15% discount by entering the code CFP15 at fox40shop.com. All right, welcome back in. We are here. We're doing gambling and fantasy stuff. You want to start with the the lines first before we move into fantasy football talk? Well, we'll do another little break here before we get to fantasy football, but let's do our gambling lines, Connor. I, I had a rough week for pickums. I tried to pick the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That's uh, tough. Who else did I pick? I had BC. I had Winnipeg. Oh, I thought Ottawa was going to squeak one out. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. Um, nope, didn't get that one either. So two and two, not bad. No, not bad. Not bad. I can't remember what I went last week. But either way, are we ready for some football? I am. I certainly am. A Monday Start- night party? Thursday night party. Start us back off on Thursday night. Game of the week. Okay. British Columbia at IG Field for the Lions versus the Blue Bombers. It's a six and a half point line for the home favorites in blue and gold. Yeah, I think we're about the same on this BC spread Winnipeg outright winner. Yeah, I I think six and a half is a little big for me, uh, especially with these two teams. I I think it's going to be a little bit closer than... You're basically you're basically saying Winnipeg wins by a touchdown, which you know it might come down to a late touchdown, but it also might come down to a late field goal. So I think this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be closer to a three or four point game than it will be a seven point game. Uh, but I'm going BC to cover Winnipeg. I think comes out on top in this one, though. I'm just taking the the beast that is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. All right, quarterback props for yardage. Who are you taking, VA or Calaris? I will do the opposite and give you my pick. I'm going to go with Zach Calaris in this one. He The line for Zach Calaris is 279.5. I'm taking the under. This is a ridiculous BC Lions secondary. We talk about it all the time. I still think Zach Calaris is probably going to be in that like 240 to 260 range, but I don't think he's going to be closer to 300 than not. All right, I'm going VA over at 260 and a half. Connor, the Lions air the damn ball out. Even against Edmonton dropping nine all game long, VA just chipped away at it. 300 yards against a prevent defense. The biggest part is smoke, my Zell. Connor, I love the smoke. I want all the smoke. And one of his best assets, because he has that second gear, in the open field, the quick game, the screen game. I'm going VA over 260 and a half. Well, I'm right there with you. I hope he hits it because if he does hit it, it keeps my on, on pace. pace. It on keeps pace. my on pace yeah. going. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Montreal at Hamilton. Hamilton, home favorite in a near sellout donut box. Two and a half point favorite at home. What are you doing with this one? I'm gonna I'm gonna bet against myself here. I really want Hamilton to win this home opener. Cody Fajardo coming in off by sure. Yes. Hamilton at home, Tim Hortons Field. It's gonna be loud. It's gonna be obnoxious. And they're gonna ride the hell out of James Butler until the wheels fall off the wagon. 
keep in mind, it wasn't in relief and it was late in the game. Schultz went 13 to 14 with a touchdown. It's not bad. Considering we saw Tyree Adams come in relief in Ottawa and throw about 57% and a pick. I'm going to take Hamilton. If this line pushed to three and you got it at the full field goal, I'd take Montreal on that. This one's going to be tight. I'm going the other way. I am taking Montreal outright in this game. I think I think Hamilton has taken an absolute beating to start the year with Winnipeg and Toronto. It's not getting easier with a good Montreal team coming off a bye. I think the Montreal defense is really good, and I think people are going to start to realize that pretty quickly as we progress here. So, yeah, I'm taking the Owls over the over the Tie Cats in this one on the road. This is this is purely a Marc Antoine Lacroix pick by you. Yeah, so what? <laughs> okay, uh, I, I got first pick at props this time. Yeah, go for it. William Stanback over 62 and a half yards. Uh, anytime William Stanback is around a 60-yard prop bet, take it. Absolutely. Take it, take it, take it. They're going to give him the rock so many times. And like Connor just mentioned, yes, the Ticats are beat up. He is going to carry the ball a ton. We saw AJ Olet and Andrew Harris get get their yards when they wanted. Um, I think Stanback goes over, but I think that Fajardo has a couple turnovers and a few sacks that really set them back on offense, um, which is why I can go with my pick of Hamilton. I am going to just I'll, I'll move on to the Butler prop in just one second here. There's just one thing I want to say to double down. On that standback pick, Hamilton has had to play Brady Oliveira. They've had to play AJ Olette, Chad Kelly, Andrew Harris, which is a tough, which is a tough two weeks. In those two weeks, they've allowed a hundred yards on the ground, and now you have to turn around and play William Standback, who is one of the best running backs, one of the toughest running backs in the CFL. I, I like the over a lot. This this would probably be one of my picks of the week for sure. Uh, James Butler, the line for him is 69 and a half rush yards. I'm going to take the over in this one. I think the ball is going to be in James Butler's hands. I think there's so many ways that he gets involved in the offense, so many ways that you can attack with him on the ground. So I think he last week we saw him go for 60 yards, but he also had, you know, a couple of nice screens and checkdowns. Those don't count for rush yards, but he's going to get the touches. He's going to get the carries is, is kind of my point of emphasis here. All right. Sask at Calgary. Home favorites. Stampeders, three and a half. I'm going to go back to back road dogs here. I'm taking Saskatchewan to win on the road. I'm going to do it. I think, again, this is a team with, you know, a, a pretty solid secondary, and we said it, it could turn into a shootout. So I, I like the prospect of, of Saskatchewan's back end, and I also like Trevor Harris leading the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's a pretty dangerous passing attack, and, and the veteranship of Trevor Harris, I'm going to take that over the – kind of inconsistency of Jake Mayer to start the year because is he going to be the guy that throws 150 yards or is he going to be the guy that we saw last week that throws 330 yards? I don't know. And so far, Trevor Harris has just thrown the ball all over the field. Uh, okay, I'm going Stamps, uh, Moneyline, Sask, Cover. 
Connor, I'm not doing one of your prop bets that you have up here. I am going with the game total over of 45 and a half points. Oh, I like it. I'm with you on that. This is going to be an absolute shootout like Connor just mentioned. So go ahead and get yourself. It's minus 110. Um, but hey, you make more money than betting on Saskatchewan to win out, right? It's true. Or just parlay it. Uh, and if you're looking for kind of touchdown scorer props in this one, there's two here that I think have value. It's always tough to predict these, but I think there is value in this bet. Sean Bain Jr., Samuel Emelis are at plus 195 for an anytime touchdown. So if you do like those player props, I think those are pretty safe choices. All right, final game of the week. The Toronto Argos, six and a half point road favorites. Connor, are you going with another road team to cover and win? Yeah, I am. This one for me just comes down to Edmonton kind of having to prove themselves. I think Toronto showed it last week. I, I know it was against a, a Hamilton team that had already had to face the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but still Toronto showed that they, they are capable of scoring and scoring in abundance and that they have a, a really damn good defense. So I'm going with the defending Grey Cup champions and you can't convince me otherwise. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on this one. I, I think Toronto's gonna win and cover. I will say, Connor, we had like what two touchdowns taken away last week from the BC defense. This is the most don't listen to this podcast gambling pick ever. Argo's defense is plus three thirty as an anytime touchdown score. No, I, I, I would honestly go with Curly Giddens Jr. though at plus one twenty five if we're if we're actually picking a prop bet. Don't take the Argos at plus three thirty to score on defense. Take Curly Giddens. Actually, AJ Olet's plus money, plus one fifteen. Done. I like I'm it. Olet. Yeah. I either either Olet or Curly Giddens Jr. I have another one that's a little bit, a little bit more aggressive. I'll say that, but this is like if you're really a degenerate and you're really looking for a dark horse bet, but Chad Kelly to score two plus touchdowns is at plus 500. We saw three rushing touchdowns last week. You know, they're not taking the ball out of Chad Kelly's hands at the goal line. We saw that he can score from at least 10, 12 yards out. I know it was only credited as a seven yard run score. He can score from in tight. He can score from 10 yards away. He's versatile around the goal line, and it makes Toronto a deadly red zone offense. Alternate lines are available all the way up to 33 points for the Argos. Uh, if you want to get real picky with it. Okay, Connor. Nice hat you're wearing. Is that a Noodle Brand hat? I wish. Well, you should head over to Noodle.store because they have the custom fit snapbacks that are changing hat wearing for the rest of time. Noodle Brand offers custom snapbacks that go beyond where regular fitting hats go. Head over to their website at noodle.store to check it out and get ahead of the hat game trends. Fantasy football? Fantasy football. Connor, get your lineup ready. We're going. All right. Roster rundown here. And to me, when I was looking at it, like this week is full of some pretty obvious avoids, but also some really expensive ones. Sleepers. 
ton of sleepers though this week. Uh, do you want to go position for position, or do you want to just run down the rosters? How do you want to do this? Go through your go through your team. Are you giving me the honor of starting it off today? Yes. Wow. All right. My captain and quarterback, and this is one of my values this week, Chad Kelly playing the Edmonton Elks. Valued at 12.3K this week. I think that's better than VA or Caleros at, at 15 for me, or even Jake Mayer at, at 14. So I'm rocking with Chad Kelly at quarterback. At the running back positions, I'm going Taekwon Mizell. Stacked it with William Stanback again. Guys that I think are going to get a, t- a ton of touches this week. And honestly, this this might be a little bit presumptuous for Mizell, but two guys that I think are going to be proven backs by the end of the season. Receivers, Sean Bain Jr., we talked about the targets. We talked about the yardage. He's, a, he's going to be a weapon for Trevor Harris this week. Kayon Julian Grant has a little bit of a, a, a biased U-sports pick, but he did have that long run in his in his uh, first game of the season. And then another value pick for me at 6.8 K Trey Odom's Dukes. He gets six. He's, he's had 16 targets throughout the year. Uh, I think he had 50 yards last week. He had a touchdown the week before, but if you are short on cash and you need a high upside wide receiver to me, it's Odom's Dukes. All right. You ready for this? I've got some sleepers to counter. So started off with the defense. The fourth cheapest option, the Toronto Argonauts playing against the Edmonton Elks who have been turnover prone and just got shut out. I'll take it. Uh, quarterback, Mr. Hip Pointer, Trevor Harris. Hey, that's his 15-second nickname, Hip Pointer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going Trevor Harris against Calgary. All we talked about earlier, and he's only 14K, which is pretty reasonable for the starting quarterbacks. Uh, AJ Olet, 9.8K down in price despite the increased usage from last week. Uh, Diedrich Mills, 10.5K uh, against Saskatchewan. For receivers, Malik Henry, I think he's going to pop off this game. Uh, Sam Emelis as well. I'm going to stick with him, not because he's, I think he's going to score three touchdowns again. I just think the usage is going to be there and the yardage is going to accumulate from that. Uh, finally, Austin Mack, 4.9K. He had six targets in their week one game, including that uh, initial deep ball. Um, so four receptions, 120 yards. I think he's going to have a ton of usage against Hamilton, kind of like Cox he had for the Argos. Um, I, I don't know. I... I I'm not as confident as I was last week. Trevor Harris is my captain for this one. Um, trying some new faces and new places for my fantasy team this week. I like it. I especially like the Austin Mack pick for $4,000. I needed someone dirt cheap. Man, that's a good pick. All right. Especially let's if, go you can, th- if you can produce. Let's go through the guys to avoid. For me, and feel free to agree or disagree, I'll run down the guys that I have, but Taylor Cornelius at 12K, I think that one's self-evident. Jake Mayer, I just think he's too expensive, uh, and he is playing a a pretty decent defense in secondary. Geno Lewis at 15K, I I mean, if you're going to get, it's tough to say, like, I I would hope he gets more volume this week, but you just don't know after last week, and, and this Elks offense is still kind of finding their footing, so... At 15K, it's a little too expensive and, and too high risk for me. 
James Butler, same thing. Uh, a worn down Hamilton def- or a worn down Hamilton team that's going to have to go and play a Montreal team coming off a of bye, and and fifteen k is just a little bit too high of a price point, especially with guys like Diedrich Mills and, and Jamal Morrow at at ten k. So you can save yourself five grand and kind of put that towards another running back or some wide receivers, quarterbacks, whatever. But fifteen k is a little little pricey for me. Uh, Connor. My pricey pick is Tim White, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Backup quarterback, good defense in Montreal, off a bye. He has not been impressive. Mind you, he got the living hell beaten out of him on that uh, bubble screen. Maybe that woke him up a little bit, but I'm not a Tim White supporter at this point in the year. Okay, I have a question for you before we cap this off. Matt Schultz, 7.3 thousand. Would you take him as a sleeper slash value pick? Yes, I'm all for the cheap quarterbacks. It's the easiest way to save money in CFL fantasy. Okay, enough said. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll put Matt Schultz in and then change my whole roster around. Because you guys <laughs> all know that's what I really do after we give you our picks. I just handed out a strategy. Yes, I'm I'm sure I'm going to toy with my roster a little bit, especially as rosters come out, news breaks. But this is my roster as of Wednesday evening. And feel free to join our league. It is still open in the CFL game zone. The league title, league name is CF Perspective Fantasy 2023. So please join and uh, help us knock Wade off the, the top of the leaderboard here. I'm not on top after this week. I'm calling it now. I, I need a bounce back week. I, I need to at least break 100 this week. 89 was was absolutely pathetic coaching last week for me. Come on, man. Just get better. I know. I really should. That's it? That's all? That's all we wrote for this week, I believe. So stay tuned. We'll be active on Twitter, as we always are, throughout the rest of the week as the games are going on. So stay tuned to our socials, at CF Perspective, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill. At TSN Marsh, I don't know if he has any games this week, but he will be doing CFL stuff. Obviously, you guys know that. And uh, we'll see you next it. week. Yeah. Enjoy the games. God, this Saturday night is going to be a treat. Tune in. If you turn it over, please get out the house so that you can help me out to I'm a sad cowboy